Hey, everyone, and welcome to our very first episode, the maiden voyage of our podcast, Caution Wide Ride. It's just another trucking podcast, and I'm excited to introduce our guest, John Irwin, CEO of CNS, the compliance experts helping trucking companies and professional drivers navigate through all the safety and compliance uh, regulations from uh, the United States and Canada. We are going to chat about how all of this got started, CNS, the growing pains, the people that are making it happen, and more. And if you've ever started your own business or ever plan to, especially a trucking company, there's a lot of great information that we'll cover that you can take away from this. Uh, John, welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks for having me. All right. Rapid fire, Kenworth or Peterbilt? Peterbilt. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Wrong, Dr. Pepper. Which was better, Top Gun or Top Gun Maverick? Top Gun Maverick. Chick-fil-A or Raisin Cane's? Raisin Cane's. Favorite beer? Well, I'm from Pennsylvania, so lager, yingling. TA or Pilot? Pilot. Frank's Hot Sauce or Texas Pete? Depending on what I put it on, but I'll go with Frank's Hot Sauce. The Dentist or a Colonoscopy? <laughs> dentist. <laughs> CB Handle? Uh, hammer the Granny. Name of your first girlfriend? Not going to answer that. Oh, man. All right, well, to kick it off... What did you do before you got into the trucking industry? Well, I did, in my younger days, I did a lot of different things, uh, work in a warehouse, manage restaurants. What I did for a long time was I went around for a chain restaurant and fixed their unprofitable or broken, what we call broken restaurants, change them around, turn them around, hand them off to another manager and move on to the next one. Awesome. Uh, for you guys out there, I'm sure you've guys heard of Parks and Rec. This is exactly what this reminds me of. Adam Scott, Rob Lowe coming into town, fixing the government. Uh, that's what you did. Uh, I'm curious. So obviously, food industry, customer service is a big deal. Customers are always right. Um, what are some of the other lessons that you can sort of take away from your time in the in the food industry? Yeah, the restaurant industry um, was great, you know, to start out in the restaurant field to learn a lot of lessons. And one of the things was being adaptable and multitasking was huge for, uh, for me. Um, obviously, you know, with you working here, you know that I hire a lot of restaurant people because they have great qualities um, from being able to work in high pressure, high fast environments exactly. uh, to multitasking and not, you know, not flinching on that. Uh, is huge and customer service exactly like that's what we built this whole company off of is you know providing for our clients and providing with a smile nowadays you don't get that you know as much I remember when that was a huge focus for a lot of companies now it's just well eh, you know you get what you get and that's not what what it is with us right and so I believe uh, you were in the food industry and that's when you were starting to transition to starting the company, uh, CNS. I'm curious, you're, you're in the food industry, thinking about starting a company. What was that like? What was that process for you? Yeah, um, well, it was obviously, you know, I had a young family at the time. I had a wife um, and a kid, a kid on the way, a child on the way. And, um, you know, trucking, my father-in-law got me into to trucking. I, you know, from the time I was dating my wife, um, to learning that and, you know, trying out milk hauling and different things in the trucking industry. Um, I always liked that, but what, what it, we were thinking about buying was the notary auto tag business. And so I'm from the West coast. Uh, I, I don't know what a notary was. Um, I, I 
especially know it as a DMV. Is that similar, different? So, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, not notarizing documents, that's one thing. But in Pennsylvania, it goes uh, a, a bigger. And, and a lot of states have what they would outsource the DMV. In Pennsylvania, that's a big thing. And notary and auto tags do that. And uh, my follow-up was the first customer of Carolyn's notary uh, and auto tags back, uh, I forget, early 2000s or whatnot. And he did a lot of trucking and was always registering vehicles and whatnot with Carolyn. And uh, she decided that she wanted to retire and put it up for sale. And he thought that this was a good opportunity for me to own my own business. Because that's always what I've always dreamed of um, was to own my own company. I was kind of typecasted in the restaurant field, meaning I was so good at what I did that moving up just didn't seem like it was going to happen. I got passed over numerous times. Uh, for people that didn't do what I do, and um, because, you know, I was good at it. I changed, I think it was five different restaurants, made them profitable. Again, it takes about a year's time to do that, and I was like, I got to do something else, and I can't keep traveling all around, you know, Pennsylvania or whatnot. I got to do something good, um, you know, with my family, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to explore this notary and auto tag business, and we purchased it, and uh, then we expanded it. That's awesome. And starting a business, I know it's it's always difficult. In fact, if you start a new business, I think the the known figure is one in 10 succeeds after like the first year or two. Obviously, you're taking over an established company, but uh, what was it like that first year or what, while you were thinking about starting the company? Did you have naysayers out there? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. From people that worked in the restaurant business, you know, I'm not saying my family was naysaying, but obviously they're worried for you because you're jumping, you're making a leap of faith. I'm one of the first people in our, my family that um, had their own, you know, business. So I can see where their, their points were like, caution. yeah, caution <laughs> on this. And it's hard too, when they don't understand yeah. what a notary auto tag business is. Um, and, um, you know, are you sure this is a good idea? You got a young family and whatnot. I was, they were very supportive, don't get me wrong. Right. They were very supportive. But I know they were all worried in the back of their mind, like, what, what are they doing? And naysayers, though, you know, from people at my restaurant job, and you know, why would you want to do that? Um, that fed, you know, the fire yeah. to, to do well and to build it. And, yeah, I like naysayers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, totally. Um, and... You know, a part of starting a business is all about relationships, too. Um, so as you were getting started, were there some of those, I don't know, whether it's business partners, uh, other relationships that you had that, whether it helped you grow in the industry, uh, the business, you personally? Mm -hmm. Again, you know, when, if you're a trucker and you um, want to go start your own business, um, you know, take some of these, this advice and find great partners. You know, find a bank, a banking partner that's going to work with you and under, yeah. want to understand your business. Because believe me, there's people, there's banks out there that say that they're company friendly and they want to help you start, but don't really put the effort in. I mean, I had a couple, I have one bank that specifically, you know, told me I was going to fail and that it wasn't profitable and, and whatnot, but obviously didn't go with that bank. And, you know, now as we're bigger, a lot bigger, they want our business, but I, they'll never get my business because don't tell me I'm going to fail. Like, yeah. you know, Totally. And so the notary business, you know, uh, tags, licensing, um, was there 
I mean, you're, we're now very heavily in the trucking mm-hmm. industry. Was the notary have its foothold in the trucking industry when it was started too? Yeah, so uh, the notary auto tag business was doing a lot of registration for um, trucking clients in Pennsylvania. They did fuel taxes as well. That was right. the two things that, that she did prior to my time. And when I got in there, again, I had you know some, some of that trucking background. I love transportation, you know, and all kinds of transportation, whether it's Trucking, airplanes, railroad, uh, boats, I love it, love it all. And I had some of that, you know, background in that trucking when I started talking to these single owner operators or guys with smaller fleets and listening to their pain points and, you know, when it came to drug consortium, driver files, just the FMCSA in general and all the things that they had to keep track of. Um, you know, back then, you know, 2010, CSA 2010 was coming out yep. and a lot of rules and regulation changes. So that was very important um, for them to make sure that they stay in compliant. And surprisingly to me, um, I really took into the 49 CFR, which is the federal regulations, and really understood them. And I went out and trained uh, as much as I could, you know, I was out in Oklahoma with the FMCSA um, and doing hazmat training and stuff like that and just learned as much as I could, you know, also with that background of trucking a little bit and the transportation, um, I was able to start services that can help those current clients. And then we started growing and building from there. Yeah. And, you know, for those uh, who are unaware, CNS from the, the notary side, uh, now doing everything, DOT training, insurance, occupational health, uh, you know, consortium management, everything really on that safety and compliance side. Um, now, many sharp-eyed viewers out there might know that uh, I look like a corporate boy, probably don't have a CDL, but John, you've had your CDL for a long time, and I'm curious, what was it like getting your CDL then versus like some of the CDL rules and regulations today, all that, that process today? Oh, yeah. A lot different. A lot different um, than what you would have to go through today. You know, my father-in-law was a uh, big inspiration for me to uh, get my CDL. And, you know, he started out milk calling and I went, you know, tried that little route um, and did other things. But, you know, he trained me as much as he could on private time. Um, I had another gentleman, um, his name is Dale Livingood, to help me as well. and take that time to train me. So I was personally trained. I never went through a school um, or anything like that. But definitely when you, you know, when you could do that, um, I wouldn't say that I was undertrained, but, you know, there was things that I was behind on compared to somebody that went to a, a school um, or something like, uh, like a, you know, a, a third-party uh, training um, center or something like that. But I learned fast, so... Um, it was different. Uh, now what we do is, you know, we train to make sure that our trainees are ready, actually ready um, to drive a CDL truck for any corporation. And we do that training one-on-one. When I, when I used to go, I, my cousin went and went kind of through a, a school. I heard some of his stuff that he went through. I watched some of the schools do their things where they have multiple people in the truck and you're taking turns driving a truck. And I was just, I always thought like there has to be a better way. I'm a very hands-on person. Um, So if I am sitting, you know, in the background and there's four other people doing this hands-on, I'm not paying attention. I mean, most people are going to be that same way. 
And I was like, that's a waste of time. So we developed, I was working with Joel and Graham, uh, who's the vice president of our uh, driver training center. And I said, we got to develop a better way for this. Uh, my father-in-law, Dean Weinhold, uh, was involved in that as well. Right. And um, we, these, we rolled out this one-on-one -on -one model to where you're just with the trainer the whole entire time. You're not sharing the truck with anybody else. And you can do it at your pace, at your time. We know a lot of people that want to get into the trucking field can't afford to take a month, two months off right. to go to school. Um, so we created this um, training where you can do it during your time and meet the requirements with the ELDT. And hope, and we know that you're coming back out, uh, are coming out of our training better um, than some of our competitors. And that's awesome. I mean, yeah, it's, I believe we're the first one-on-one -on -one, uh, CDL training school in Pennsylvania. Um, yes, correct. And then, I, you know, if you've ever seen, uh, you know, CNS driver training centers, search for us on Google, you can see the Google reviews. And there's so many people who uh, just said the program's awesome and, uh, you know, just worked with their needs that they needed. You know, you are one of the testers uh, to get these people to pass. Um, and I'm curious, what do you see in them uh, and, and sort of the future of trucking through their eyes? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I do testing. I don't do it as much, obviously, with all the businesses that we got going on and um, the staff doesn't, you know, my management team hates when I'm out there testing, <laughs> but I, I love it. I want to keep involved. I yeah. love the trucking uh, industry and I don't want it to be, I know you said you're a corporate boy. I don't want to be a CEO that's not hands-on. Right. I try to do as much hands-on as possible, uh, whether that's CDL testing or training or getting involved in an audit. But for the testing, yeah, I mean, our, you know, we test people that will go through our training program, um, go through other people's training programs, and our, the quality that we're putting out is what I love to see. You're really knowing the parts of the truck. You're really knowing how to back. You're really know, you're, and you're doing the backing procedures. Um, and, you know, I know some schools out there skip over some of that stuff. And I want, you know, anyone that's coming through our program I want to make sure that they're a representation of us and that they are fully qualified to go right in there and to make an impact in their trucking company, a good impact. Yes. All right. So we were talking about, uh, you know, being approved for being a CDL school, uh, which is amazing. Uh, and we've been at this for quite a while now. What, what was it like before becoming a school certified? Yeah. So before the LDT mandate, obviously it was more of a tutoring thing of, yeah. you know, we didn't really have a program or anything like that. It was just tutoring drivers to, um, you know, they, they learned everything that they had to learn, uh, but it was still on that one-on-one -on -one basis model. Right. When the LDT came around, we were already in the part of getting uh, Pennsylvania to be a, uh, approve our, our school. But we found contract training with companies was a huge part of our business. Uh, so a lot of companies wanted to hire people. They didn't want to go through the ELDT themselves, learning how to do that and become certified and, and developing all those programs. So we really focused on the contract training until we got to that uh, approval of the school. And we do contract training for hundreds of companies um, that send their, their drivers here, or we go on site and use their equipment and train on site with their drivers. It's usually still that one-on-one -on -one model. Very few have us do uh, two-on-one uh, for that contract training. But 
Um, again, they like what we're doing. They're like hang, liking how we're training, and we're bringing out a better driver, a better professional driver um, than our competitors. And that's that's the whole goal is is bringing professional drivers out out on the road. Exactly. In insurance world, we know um, the likelihood of a new time driver having an accident in the first year is really really high. And we're collecting data, and we're, we're not ready to release that data at this point, but we're collecting data to show that that's not happening in, with our drivers. And it, it's, you know, I'm excited about that because just, we're just doing it differently and right. better, I think. Yeah, and, and that just reminds me of just, uh, I, I remember, you know, one of our articles talking about, you know, hey, if you're a hotshot driver, uh, you know, should you get a CDL Class A license or not? And and that took off. And um, just the awareness of not a lot of people were talking about getting a Class A for hot shot trucking, mm-hmm. and, and that's something that we just quickly jumped on and and got a program out there as well. Absolutely. I mean, hot shot trucking. If you're over twenty six thousand one, say you know, at four fifty five fifty with a gooseneck trailer, you're going to need that that CDL, that class A and not, there's no company out there that's training that. And there's people that don't want a full 18 wheeler manual, um, class A training. They just want to do that hot shot and, um, and do it well and safe. And we decided to create this program just for them, uh, to meet those needs. So that's where we came up with it. And even if you're driving under, 26,000 pounds, maybe that's something you can think about is in the future, I want to uh, expand, grow, uh, change my type of loads. You're going to need a class A eventually, uh, may as well get it now. Um, And you can check that out uh, on our website. If you are also thinking about like starting a new venture, starting a new company, we have a lot of information. We got a playlist uh, where we're breaking down that new venture process uh, from from planning, uh, what you should think about, what you need to do, uh, to start off correctly, all the way to moving up to what do you need and how you know can you handle that first DOT audit um, that you're required to get you know 12, 16 months in. But so you know when I first started, I remember uh, we were basically uh, CNS was in a glorified strip mall basically. Um, and again, remembering COVID and during that time frame, uh, very unique location to be at uh, for handling that. But today now we're in this amazing building, a uh, lot more space, a lot more room for growth and things like that. I'm curious, what what was that process like of, you know, wanting to start your own, you know, facility, your own site, and, and you know, I don't know, walk through that. Yeah. Um, well, like you said, the, the strip mall, as we grew, we just kept on getting the next location, the next location, vacant location in that mall. And we had, <laughs> I don't know how many we, we ended up with. And, um, you know, we couldn't knock down too many walls <laughs> or uh, we'd be in trouble. So um, we were just growing out of that space. You know, um, our CDL training was over at my uh, in-laws uh, farm at that point in time. And that was getting too big for, for that. So we knew we needed a, a location. And this is, this location has been on our radar, and we've um, we looked at so many places. And you know, again, as a business owner, you're going to go through this. You're going to go through these processes, and don't. I, I, it was frustrating at, at the time because I would I would get a location, and something wouldn't work out for it. It might yeah. be the zoning wasn't right, and they weren't willing to change the zoning. It could have been 
there's just too much effort to go in and remodel a place. And I'm, you know, so glad, um, you know, a believer in God and, and you know, he, um, he set up the exact spot for us. Yeah. And that was very, very important uh, because if we would have went with three of the locations that we would have, you know, that we thought were the, the best locations for us, we would have already, like, by the time that was built, we would have already been outgrown of that. Yeah. Um, so we got the, the land that we are currently on. It was an old farmhouse. All the other land has been de- developed around it for years. So it was only four acres, and all this industrial for years have been, uh, been around it. Um, so we got, got the land several years back, and then just the design process, and we went through so many designs. You know, we're a two-story building right now. We went through one story, and we we're only going to do half of it and let, let the rest of it, you know, open canvas for later. Yep. Well, as we were designing that, we're like, nope, we need the full full bottom of, the, of, of that. And then we're saying, okay, the second floor we'll do open, leave open. and uh, That'll you know. be for potentially other companies to come in, right? You right. think about renting that out. Right. And, you know, glad that we, we didn't do that <laughs> because we're already in that, that second space and. Honestly, our our CDL uh, we had lots of room, but we're almost maxed out of, out, out out there as well. Good problems to have, yeah. but you know I feel in this building we have so much more potential to keep to keep that growth. And um, you know, although we are on the second floor, we we still have a lot of vacant spots so that we can uh, grow into. Sort of moving back to you know the beginning of the company, you know it takes good people to make the company successful as well. And, you know, so many different employees, especially when you first got started, who were some of those people, um, you know, that, that you saw, Hey, I want you a part of this business. And then, you know, made a difference. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's hard to, um, sometimes explain what we all do as a company and how we help the most important industry, I, I believe, in our in the United States, because you know everything moves by trucks, yes. and um, you know, and to get that mission statement through all the, our you know staffs, you know, uh, heads of what we do and why we're doing it uh, was very important to me. Definitely, a lot of crucial people along the way um, that may you know still be here or may uh, have gone on to better things that uh, that have helped. And as we talked earlier, too, about, you know, good partners, a banking partner, um, you know, a bank with Fulton Bank, that's a, a very well-known bank, um, but they help us along the way from my accounting firm, which is the Waltz Group, and Dan Massey, you know, um, having some of those connections um, and people that are invested in seeing this business be a success has been uh, huge, you know. And I know we'll we'll talk about it later, but my wife has been a, a huge part of the um, the journey and a huge part of my success uh, and this business's success. Adam Galante, who's a partner, you know, he was he was there in the fields with me in the restaurant business. Um, you know, he was a I think he was a line cook, and then I got him promoted into management, and he helped me go around and fix broken restaurants. And when I left and told him what I was doing, he understood it. He was very supportive. And um, a year goes by, and he wanted to come on board. And wasn't so sure I was ready to hire him yet because, you know, a young, fragile company. Um, 
you know, he had a family too, but yeah. he just made the made the the jump and kind of said, "Hey, I'm coming." And but he's been a, a a huge part of the business, and you'll see, you know, and a lot of restaurant people that I might have worked with in the past. So you mentioned Adam; he's you know the licensing king, as as we like to call him here. Yeah, let's um, put a picture of him up here. <laughs> put a picture up. There Boop, we go. There he is. Um, gorgeous boy. Uh, <laughs> what are some of the other employees that you you know we want to call out? Yeah, well, I mean, we have a lot of time. Like I'll call out all seventy of them. But no, uh, people that you know I I worked with in the past that we brought over who you know moved up in the company as we grew. You know, uh, Christopher Keel. Let's put a picture of him up. He's the vice president of business development. Uh, you have Jared Klein. Um, yeah. I'm not even sure what his title is anymore, but we'll we'll say his old title, client service manager. <laughs> put a picture of him up there and. Uh, Ron Halls was a competitor uh, manager at, uh, at a competitor of ours, uh, but um, you know he's now in a controller role for us. Um, again, I, I we're I'm very blessed with all the teammates that we have here. There's a lot that um, keeps this company going, and um, again, a lot of great great connections throughout the years has helped helped that um, uh, from light, uh, from you know the restaurant business to um, just hiring people that loved what we did and maybe didn't have too much experience in the transportation, but wanted to learn and put that time yeah. in to learn, to be able to help and make impact in truckers' lives and, and companies' lives. So That's awesome. And you know, we've talked about employees. We've talked about partners. The greatest partner uh, is your wife, mm -hmm. uh, Melissa. And, man, she obviously from the very beginning, lots of different roles that she's played with. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so, you know, uh, when we first started this, uh, obviously she raising our, our children, and we had several children along the way, I had four, four kids, three boys and one girl, got the girl at the last, last time. So, uh, yeah, that's all taken care of. <laughs> so, you know, she spent time in the beginning uh, raising our, our children, and I'm so grateful for that and having that opportunity that she could do that. Yeah. And she's been a huge asset you know, just as a sounding board for me, um, you know, if you're ever going out on your own or you're out on your own, you know it's lonely at the top and you need somebody to be able to talk to, um, you know, about good stuff and bad stuff. And, uh, you know, just having that sounding board was great. And she's helped in many different areas from insurance, uh, business development to uh, where she's at right now. And that's the, you know, chief human resource officer. Right. And... Does great with that, with our keeping our you know benefits, adding benefits, keeping the team morale high, and um, and you know bringing in new employees to match our mission statement and to match our energy uh, yeah. to make a difference. So, so you mentioned you know obviously DTC, yeah, it's growing, uh, growing pains to a point where you know hey maybe we need a new facility, uh, you know. D we already do things nationally, um, helping clients all across the United States and Canada. I'm curious, is there, like, what's next for CNS? Is there expansion growth? Absolutely. I'm, uh, I like to think I'm a, a young guy yet, so that I have a bandwidth to keep doing that. But truly, I have amazing team members around me, and they want to grow, and I want to keep growing. And I just want to keep helping as many transportation companies as possible yeah. to stay compliant, to stay in business, to make money themselves, to grow. Um, that's important. Um, like you said, we, we do things nationally right now. I mean, we have clients in every state, uh, Canada, Mexico, and, you know, 
a lot of that's done electronically through right. technology and phone. Um, you know, we can do licensing, we can do the compliance, we can do audits. Obviously, oc occupational health, we have the mobile units that we can travel around. We have locations in Delaware. You know, we have a strategic plan to, to keep the growth go going, but it's not necessarily like if we're not in somebody's town that we can't help them because uh, right. we can definitely can definitely help them. You know, Midwest, like we talked about, is big. Chicago is a big area. Uh, Florida is a big hub spot in, in trucking, Texas. Yep. Seattle, we have uh, a lot of clients uh, out there. So, you know, those are all potentials. We want to keep growing um, the training facilities. So, you know, there's so many on the map that it's kind of where, where it fits right for us and where we, you know, can find land or find a space to, to do that. Occupational health, we can keep growing the clinics. But, again, we reach a lot of, of companies just through the mobile units that we have. So growth is, you know, growth is a good thing. We want to do it in a steady way. Right. And, you know, we don't want to overexpand ourselves that we're hurting the customer service um, aspect of it. So we have to, you know, we plan it out, and it's a strategic plan, and it takes, you know, everybody's excited about it, but it takes months and months to to go through and make sure that's done right. Um, so yeah, hopefully you'll get some news later on this year for for growth. So, and it's awesome because I mean we start from very beginning, getting your CDL, starting a business, have a business, growing your business. Every aspect of it, and that's selling your business, selling yeah, your business, I mean, yeah, they, closing your business, yep. that process. Um, but I, I was curious, as a West Coast boy, I'm, I'm happy to hear Seattle. Uh, but we also know from the West Coast that California is its own country, basically. Is that something ever coming down the pike? Yeah, a physical location there? Physical location, California. Um, <laughs> yeah. Put me on the spot there. You know, California has a lot of their own rules and regulations. And, uh, you know, it's not that I, I'm intimidated because we do a lot of things in California. Yeah. Just I like business-friendly states. So yeah. uh, I'm just going to say that <laughs> right now. I know probably a lot of people that are listening feel the same way. So um, wherever there's business-friendly states, um, you know, that's probably where we're going to be in. At least first. <laughs> I love it. And so obviously, you know, the growth – of services, uh, there was a lot of new services that uh, eventually grew over time, and clients, customers. Um, you know, obviously, we've been to Mats uh, years ago. We're mm -hmm. going to be at Mats again this year. So if you're if you're going, check us out, um, meet us there, say hi. Um, but you know, especially the early days, um, you know, audits and and clients. Tell me some of those stories. I know there's some some road trips involved. <laughs> yeah. So. You know, again, uh, local-wise, yeah. I, I cannot thank uh, the local um, trucking companies and businesses that have st stood by us and really helped develop a lot of these services that we do. I mean, it was, you know, because of them that I was like, yeah, let's have a solution uh, for their problem and, you know, make it at a right price point for them and where we can uh, obviously grow as well. Uh, so our local... Um, community and the local trucking companies uh, really supported us in the beginning and helped us grow. Did I ever think it would be at a national level? You know, I always had it in, in my brain that that's what we would do. Yeah. Uh, actually, we're international uh, now, but, um, you know, I know there was a, probably a lot of doubters uh, that we would ever get there, but we got there in a quick time because we really listened to 
um, our our clients and what they needed and provided help to keep the federal government off their back, to keep them rolling, whether it's from licensing and insured properly at a great cost. And um, that was huge for us. So kind of went off on a, on a, um, off on a different tangent, but Good tangent. I'm sorry about that. So what was the yeah, exact well, question that you yeah, said? Yeah. And so some of the uh, services that we got started, you know, I know there was road trips doing DOT audits and yep. I know Melissa's role eventually, uh, one of her roles was doing insurance and, and you had in the early days handling insurance. And I'm just curious about how those services were started. And Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, when we, when we had customers come up and say, man, it would, you know, you do our fuel taxes, you do all of our licensing, you do our drug and driver files. It would just make sense if you did insurance. So what did I go do? I went and learned, you know, learned um, from taking classes to other business owners that did insurance that might not have done trucking, but they did insurance where they were able to help me grow and understand um, all the basics and, and points and you know, I was writing the first policies, and whether it was a, a single owner operator or a fleet, I think, you know, one of my first first or second policies was like a, a 30 truck operation. And I found so much satisfaction in into that yeah. because I was able to help trucking companies. You know, they would say, man, my insurance rate has skyrocketed. And I would be able to look at that in the compliance aspect of it exactly. and say, okay, well, here's why. This driver and this driver is costing you, you know, Thirty thousand extra dollars on your on your insurance, and you know they would take them off and hire better drivers, who kept the trucks moving, who followed all the rules and regulations. You know sometimes they get hit. I mean we all know FMCS they can find a problem on any truck anytime, and we understand that and insurance understand that. But they weren't making the big violations, and I I saved one company a um, hundred thousand dollars in their insurance premium. And, you know, there's still a customer, a client today, and that was, you know, uh, 10 years ago. And we're still trying to sit, keep saving them money, and that's, that's important for us. But also to make sure that they have the right coverage um, if an accident happens at the end of the day. Um, so that's satisfaction to me because I know that company was close to closing its doors, but saving them, getting them with still an A-rated carrier, getting them that, that compliance piece to keep that insurance premium down year after year really helped them grow as a company and add more trucks throughout the time. So I'm curious about traveling, uh, going on site to do DOT audits. Uh, I'm sure there's some crazy stories there. Uh, I've, I've heard, you know, hotel rooms, single, single bed hanging, you know, <laughs> who gets the floor, who gets the bed. Uh, but tell, tell me a little bit about that process. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, well, that wasn't at all. That was a sales call. Um, I'll get to that because, uh, you know, now you brought that up, I feel like it has to be explained. <laughs> um, but yeah, again, I credit my wife for, you know, at that time we were three, four person show and I was, really heavily doing the audits and doing all that compliance. And I would leave out for a week's time and, you know, she was with the kids, but, you know, she knew that this was a growing business and, yeah. um, you know, your business has, has to grow and has to keep surviving. So um, she was great letting me go and, and doing those audits. So I did a lot of audits down in, in, in Mississippi, uh, Louisiana, Alabama, all those areas. And there's some, yeah, I remember one where it was, I don't know, it was 
I just remember it was like dirt roads in Mississippi <laughs> and, and Ryan Ward, who's a, in, in our business development, would remember this and laugh at this. Um, but it was, you know, an intersection of dirt roads coming together and there's like gas station and just think of, you know, a weird like rundown gas station that sells fried chicken out of it. And the guy said hey, it was hot. I just remember it was so hot. And um, it's probably like 100 degrees. And the guy came in and said, hey, let's go in the back of the gas station. I didn't even know he owned it, like, at the time. And uh, we went back past the fryers and back in the refrigerator areas. And that's kind of where we went through all the audit stuff and and whatnot. And it was just a, a very weird scenario because you don't think, yeah. think about that. But, yeah, I've been in a lot of different places where you're like, is this really where I'm going? Um, <laughs> But um, been a lot of great trucking companies, and you know, a lot of times when you get called for an audit, it's it's scary. Like if you, if I was called for an IRS audit, it yeah. would be scary. And I know my tax professional um, knows that in and out, and I trust trust them to take care of it. And that's what our clients do with us. So you know, when I do these audits with uh, FMCSA officers or the state partners, you know, I know what they're going to ask for. And and now as we got bigger, our our team knows what they're going to ask for and how they look into things. And we're going to be able to, you know, to help. There's some things that we can't change. Like if you didn't do a pre-employment drug test uh, five years ago, it is what it is. But we can set a corrective action plan that you, you know, from that time on, you got them all corrected and the fines go down. I mean, there's there's so many different, I don't want to say tricks of the trade, but, um, you know, there's, there's ways uh, to show that you, you know, you did something wrong. Yep. Yet, yes, you can penalize me for it, but you know there shouldn't be a big fine, or you, there might be just a, a one critical violation, and you're still satisfactory and keep going. And um, we want all of our clients to be satisfactory. Some come to us late. You know, right. uh, hey, I got called for an audit. They might not have been our client. We're going to help them through that, and we're going to put corrective action plans together. You may get a conditional. You may get it on sat, but we can help. Uh, turn that around and get you back on the road, um, you know, without losing a, a step. So, yeah, a lot of different uh, – traveled all over the United States, all over. I did hazmat training, um, you know, down in the oil fields in Texas. And for everyone that knows me, I'm not a big burrito fan, but that's all, like, you could find. It was either that <laughs> or um, I think it was uh, Dairy Queen that oh. – I, I don't even know Dairy Queen sold food. But I think I lived off of that for like three days of chicken tenders and, and French fries from Dairy Queen because I, I just do not like beans and, and all that stuff. So, yeah, traveled all around. For your story, I know everybody's probably waiting for this, this story, is <laughs> when you're a young company, you're, 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 you're bootstrapped a little bit. We were doing, uh, Chris Keel and, I, and myself, we were uh, traveling around in the Midwest uh, meeting potential clients or meeting uh, current clients. And funny thing was we flew in to like a, a huge blizzard I believe I believe it was in uh, Minnesota where we we did that and there was like only like a half hour time frame where we got in uh, and we were able to get in that whole trip has so many stories and you know as you grow a business you're going to come through some funny times and and they're good that's it's good reminiscing on those I, I remember some of those where we came into this intersection. No one was around, just farmland, but there was a, a lady in a ditch. We got out, helped her. We pushed her car out of the ditch in the snow, just a blizzard. 
And she's like, you guys can't drive. You guys can't drive. And she kept on inviting us back to the house. Obviously, we didn't, we didn't do that. We <laughs> said we got things to do. Um, but, you know, that was a weird thing. For the, the one-bed story, and it's, I know, and this is a debate, you know, I know we keep debating this. I made the phone call. We were driving at night. We thought we could get to our destination. It just wasn't, wasn't happening. I called the hotel, and, there was, and multiple hotels, and no one was like had rooms. I called the one hotel, and I said, do you have a room? And they're like, yeah, we're, we have rooms. And I said, do you have one with um, you know double bed, like two beds? They said, absolutely. Booked that room. We got there. It was really late at night. Um, yep. Got into the room, got into the room, and there's just one king king bed, right? And you're kind of looking at each other like, oh my, what are we gonna do here? So you pull rank. Yeah, <laughs> that's the yeah. time I pulled rank, and I was sleeping in the bed, and he was sleeping on the uh, on on the um, the sofa the couch or something. Yeah, yeah, the sofa, and and he's still mad because he's like, oh, you know, you know, they said one room, and you took it anyways, but. That's why we didn't allow him on this podcast, because he would debate me on that. <laughs> but that's the one bad story. We're going to laugh about it. And, you know, that trip really helped us grow uh, the Midwest. And, um, you know, we have a really good presence out there. When, yeah. And um, it was funny, because a lot of things funny happened in that trip. but And just the snowstorm and a lot of ch- time change stuff that we had to go through um, with, with the snow and all that. And... Um, but it really helped us grow, and it's, it's funny to look back on. And since we're in story time, I'm curious. Obviously, trucking industry, I mean, truckers are involved in every industry, warehousing, uh, you know, you got log haulers, you got so, so many different companies that are out there. Some people know, uh, you know, you, you make a mistake with the rules and regulations. Some uh, maybe actively try to just don't care and, and find a way around it or ignore it i'm curious if you have any stories uh like like worst case scenario of uh you go in for an audit and you're like really <laughs> well uh as you know we had some former officers work for us you know after they retired and whatnot and it didn't happen to me but it happened to them where um i believe it's down in mississippi where the officer kept on trying to get a hold of this gentleman um to do an audit and you know he said it was just it was just a routine audit. It probably wouldn't even res- resulted in anything, but they just kept on stonewalling. And finally, they said, "Listen, we're gonna shut you. We're gonna have to put you out of service." And he's like, "I don't want to do that. I don't. I don't want to put you out of service. Uh, but if we don't have this audit, like I'm, my hands are tied." And the guy's like, "All right, well, I'm gonna come to your office uh, with all my stuff." And an officer, he said, "Yes, you know." That's fine. Come to my come to our office in um, I think it was Jackson, and just remember, I gave you the list of everything to bring. You know, right. and he went through the list. And the guy was like, "Yeah, absolutely, I'll bring all that." He said when he got in there, uh, the secretary said the gentleman's in in the, the conference room, and he went in the conference room, and the only thing that was sitting there was a bucket of fried chicken, <laughs> and uh, nothing else. No drivers list. No, nothing. No drivers and whatnot. And that's when that whole audit went went downhill. Again, you know, these officers have to do their job. Yeah. Um, they're not there to try to uh, put you out of business. I mean, you know, uh, there's officers that push the limits, and that's right. what we're here for is make sure they don't push those limits. Um, 
But as long as you're complying and you're following the, the regulation, um, you know, they're going to leave, they're going to go through that audit and, you know, you'll, you might get conditional. You might have to prove that you're getting better or you're following along. Or you may just get a satisfactory and, and they're done, you know. Maybe they won't see you for another two years or five years, depending on what your alert status is. I don't personally like to work with um, truckers that don't want to, to do the rules. Like, right. if you don't want to do the rules, then don't pay. Don't, you might as well not pay us because we're not going to be able to help you. You're going to have to follow the rules. I will help you, you know, if you need to figure out your, your load, like how you're going to get that load there legally. Yeah. I will help you do everything possible that you're making money. Like, that's my, my goal. I love to see our clients grow. And we have many clients that have grown from one trucks to, you know, 75 to 100, et cetera. And we help truck, trucking companies that are over 100 trucks, uh, 500, 1,000. There's a way that you can follow the regulation and you can do it um, correctly. And I know sometimes there's going to be violations. Right. There always is. Those we can handle and, and help you help you through. But as long as you're trying to make that compliance, meet the compliance, or, you know, I try to be proactive. Everything we do is proactive where you'll never get an audit because you don't have those bad scores and you're not on the FMCSA radar. And you should be making a lot of money. And I think that's just a great segue. Uh, I mean, we can wrap it up here. Um, you know, you mentioned Proactive, proactive safety management is one of the services we have. Uh, no matter what uh, fleet size or, uh, you know, if you're small fleet, new venture, uh, short haul, we have programs in place where we can help you handle that uh, safety management proactively. Try to not get in any issue uh, and, and tackling things ahead of time before the DOT does. Um, we have... A video too, uh, John and I chatting about changes. Uh, regulation changes happen all the time. Uh, obviously, you know, ELDs was a big one. Right now, it's the FMCSA talking about the changes to the safety ma uh, measurement system, uh, which, you know, that has to do with, you know, your CSA scores and it has to do with uh, it's going to affect your insurance, it's going to affect your um, safety ratings and broker relationships and so much more. Um, so you can check that video out. A uh, lot of other great information that we're, we're going to be continuing moving forward. Uh, this is just the beginning of our podcast, but John, thanks for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. But yeah, I guess you had no choice. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and stay safe out there.